Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski, and thanks so much for joining us on episode number 27 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Today, we welcome Fintan Hand of Team Poker Stars Online. Widely known by his online poker screen name, Easy With Aces, Fintan is one of our game's most popular Twitch streamers. He's also a podcaster and, of course, a professional poker player. On this show, we'll be getting to know the man behind the screen name, discuss some of his biggest wins, some rougher patches, and his climb towards the top of the poker Twitch world and more. Fintan, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. I, I nearly interrupted you because I thought you were about to say welcome to the friendliest poker player. And I was like, I don't know if you can start with that. I might not be known as the friendliest poker player. I try to be nice, but sometimes I call people out on Twitter and I get in trouble. So that's a fair <laughs> reflection. Well, you know, that's actually a good uh, way to start. I kind of like a little bit of a disclaimer, you know, towards anyone who's listening or watching of all of the guests we've had so far. I mean, this is episode number 27. I think you're the first person with whom I've never actually communicated or spoken with directly before. So this is a, a nice refreshing thing for me. I like meeting new people and I, I think uh, it's going to be fun and interesting getting to know you the, for the first time. Yeah, I've, I've obviously, I, I'm, I follow you on Twitter, I'm pretty sure. And yep. I do see that you're obviously very active in the community, a very positive voice in the community. So when I was given the opportunity to sit down and have a chat, how could I say no to Robbie? I, oh, that's very kind of you. I appreciate that and the checks in the mail. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, this is a uh, poker podcast. So let's talk about some of your results from the past year. Um, 2020 was a year of both highs and lows for you, but we'll start off on the highs, uh, including uh, it was the highest point of your career, I believe, when you won the $1,050 scoop event for 74K, uh, you beat Antoine Saout, heads up. What was that like? How did it feel? And did it impact your play uh, going forward after such a big win and maybe also your stream? Um, I don't, at the moment, it was very intense. Obviously, the scoop events uh, take place over a number of days. I believe that was just a two-day event. But it just feels so surreal. It's one of those moments that when I was younger, I always dreamed about, and I know that's a cliche, and I know it was F-tops and scoop. Like, those are the things that I cared about. I am not a massive lover of live poker. I love the community events. Like, when Lex Live comes back, I will be going for the entirety. I love it getting to meet people. But I've never done the Vegas thing. Like, I've never wanted to go over and spend six, seven weeks in Vegas. That just does not appeal to me. So online poker tournaments, high events, scoops, and F-tops were just what I always dreamt about. So to have that moment in front of, I don't know what it was, somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people, yeah. it just felt completely surreal. And I made a joke before scoops started that I would win a scoop by clicking call any check, which is an absurd way to like win any poker tournaments, like to win any poker hand. And it just I just got what I believe was a very good situation. And Antoine, I think, made a value shove with ASI against me in a very... Uh, unusual spot and I just had the bottom pair and uh, well bottom pair it was a full house it was the bottom full house right. uh, called it off and then I just remember losing it like I, I all the adrenaline all the intensity was in that one moment and I don't know it was so cool I just called my mom called my dad live on stream 
And yeah. it wasn't anything to do with the money. Not that winning $74,000 is not incredible and you know a huge amount of money, but just winning a trophy in a high event in Scoop, like every single one of those events has the best players in the world. There's no soft 1Ks that are small fields. You know, you got to beat like really, really good players. There's another player that came third called Pawn Diddy, who is one of the poker players that like I admire the most. He's crazy aggressive. He has kind of just burst on the scene in the last couple of years and he plays the high roller. So to be battling with them, I had a hand probably, I think three or four handed where I bluffed Pawn Diddy um, and he folded top pair to me. And we had a history of him like owning me in the 530 Benny Builder, making some wild calls with ace high for like 150 big blinds. And then <laughs> I just, I could, I just love, cause I got, I have, I haven't got my green screen yet here in Malta, but I had the green screen there and I just get into DJ boot and I'm dancing around. And for those who don't know um, what I'm talking about, it's just a, a scene in a green screen and uh, it's like a virtual DJ, uh, you're in a club. And like he has to, because everyone's watching me when you're deep in such a big tournament. So I know like I've bluffed him. And then like this sick poker player has to tune into my stream and watch me dance around like an idiot. And just <laughs> like, like I, I, I can only imagine that at that moment in time, they, they, they hate me. Like they, they have to. Like you've been bluffed and there's 15,000 people laughing at you and dancing along with me, having a rave to pump it up. And what is love when we could listen to actual music? on Twitch. So yeah, it was an incredible moment. Um, I don't know if it'll ever be topped because hmm. obviously I can win more money. Right. Um, maybe if I won a, a WQ main or a scoop main, you know, for like a million quid or whatever. It, but in terms of if I won like 250K and won another WQ per scoop, like I don't think it would be as good. There's nothing like, like you, the you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't, you chase that high and you just won't get it again. Amazing. Yeah. Did you do anything so to, to splurge with those winnings? Yeah, I had a I had a wild I had a wild evening. So my fiance went out and I went and I got a box of crunchy nut cereal and ate it all on my own uh, in one sitting and got really sick. Uh, <laughs> and then went to bed and played scoop again the next day. So that was that was, that was pretty intense. Like oh I, I don't I, I I have no balance in my life. So I love cereal. I love sweets. Um, okay. I'm very sweet, but I don't ever have them in my house because I, I can't control myself. Um, so yeah, I, I never have stuff like that. And to celebrate, I just went and got the crunchy note and sat there and just ate it all. I, I think a one-off is okay. It's important yeah, yeah. to, to yeah, let yeah. loose once in a while. Yeah, um, in, in the wake of such a big win, did you start playing higher? You kind of sort of kept things balanced and, and did what you were doing until then, stakes-wise? Um, well, I got... I was playing higher, but there was obviously an inflated number of series uh, last year due sure. to the pandemic. And obviously, PokerStars and all the other competitors were trying to you know, get their market share and they were trying to you know, make sure that there was something on offer at all times. And it was very intense, but there was a stadium series which consisted of uh, many 5Ks. But PokerStars bought me into the 5Ks. So whilst okay. it might have looked like I had started playing higher, PokerStars gave me tickets. I'm always very vocal about that. Like I don't sell any action. I don't really swap with anyone except for in that scoop that I won. Me and Sprague have had one swap in the last two years and he had 10% of that, which by the way, I'm pretty sure was his biggest score last year, but we don't need to talk about that. He had a big score in the, in the stadium series. I'm only joking. Yep. But um, yeah, so I played a bunch of 5Ks and we had um, 
reasonable success in them. I got, I think, one third. I final table bubbled one that Sprague actually got yep. one third in himself. Yep. Um, so I was obviously playing those tournaments, but I wasn't buying into those tournaments, right? Got it. What I did do was play a couple of 2Ks that maybe I wouldn't have played, but I went on a pretty big heater. And uh, the way I see, the way I, like, I don't play those tournaments really thinking that I'm making money. And hmm. it's just an investment for the stream. Mm, so interesting. You know, I don't think I'm losing like 50%, you know, right. but if I'm losing 10% and I get to play a 2K and it costs me $200 to play that tournament in EV or whatever, and then I potentially have a big run, like that's what brings in the numbers. Um, right. Now, I you got to be somewhat careful because like, I don't own a house, you know, I don't have any property. And so I can't just always be firing high stuff because at some point it will become reckless. But when I was on a heater and I was studying a lot. I was working with BBZ like all the time. Um, he made me go from definitely weak reg to like reasonable reg. Like I don't, I'm not deluded. I don't think I'm one of the best poker players in the world. I'm not even close. I'm not fit to brush their shoes or anything. But like to compete and on your day have that moment, like I got to that level where it was going to happen a little bit more often for me than it would have in previous years. So I was full of confidence and I just took a gamble. And obviously, um, it didn't go as well towards the second half of 2020, but it was still the best year I ever had poker wise. Like I had a big swing in there, but I had a big September or sorry, December to like turn it around a bit. And, you know, it was still a very good poker year for me. So whilst there was some ups and downs, um, overall, like no complaints for me. I have to say, I, I really appreciate your candor. You know, you're speaking very <laughs> openly. No, it's like, you know, as a poker player, you know, a lot of uh, home game players, you know, we get asked, you know, upon coming home, so how'd you do, honey? You know, even that, we don't necessarily want to answer with a straight face, but you're really putting it out there. And that's something I, just, I think a lot of recreationals appreciate from a professional player. You know, there's no, you know, cutting corners, like this is how it was. This is how I bought in. This is how I did. And, and yeah, you know, like I, I like also very refreshing the way you look at, how you buy in that it's much more about the stream and entertaining your audience than necessarily like, you know, the plus a couple K minus a couple K on the bankroll. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I study a lot and I try not to drift too far away because when you're streaming, it's very intense. And if you want to be towards top of the directory, like unless you're Lex who can, you know, he, this is, the, I should, I should take the back. Lex streams a hell of a lot. Yeah. But if Lex was to take a big break, Lex has the capability to take that break and come back and still crush. Whereas if you're anybody else, you pretty much only win through consistency. So you just don't get to take breaks. Like Sprague's been streaming for five years without really stopping. I've been streaming for five years without stopping. Uh, Pav's been in there for, I think, five years without stopping. Um, Matt Staples, five years without stopping. Obviously, Kmart and uh, Jamie have been around a long time, but they took breaks and they suffered for it. So. Yeah. Um, they've obviously now they're back, they're both back on the grind and they're starting to see um, the growth again. But if you take those big breaks, uh, you're just going, you're just, you're just not going to stay at the top. So it's hard to do that and also put a lot of time into studying poker um, huh. because streaming is exhausting. If you stream 50 hours a week, you don't want to sit down and study for two, three hours a day when you're done. And the best regs in the world that are at the top, they play poker and they study poker. Yeah. You know, they don't have to worry about answering emails and getting the joy of doing podcasts. No, <laughs> like I, I, but do you know what I mean? They just don't have that stuff. So they're, they're, they're playing it, you know, 
in a, on a different field. So like, if you want to keep up with them, you need to study hard. So like, I, I, I do want to be a professional poker player and I have seen my results get better and better over the years. Um, and I want to continue going that way. But I think the reality is like, I'm a professional streamer. Um, like that's my first, that's the most important thing. So I think they come hand in hand, but I do agree with you that like, my first goal is to entertain the stream and have fun on the stream and then be a professional poker player. I like it. And of course, you, know, you did mention Spraggy. It's Benjamin Sprague for those who are unfamiliar. Uh, you touched upon very briefly that tournament where both of you were, you know, in the final 10. I think you made 10th place, uh, 10th yeah. place of the 5200 Stadium Series main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spraggy did finish there. You're correct. Um, but, you know, just in saying, take a step back from that. Both of you guys started, you know, battling in the 550 events. And I'm talking $5.50. You know, you've come quite a long way. Uh, what does it feel like, you know, to have made that journey look back and see it's, you know, sincerely very humble roots you guys came from. And you're both now, you know, really at a much higher level. So, Whilst that's not wrong, that's 100% true. Um, the trajectory like, and the time frame I feel is a little off because before I streamed, um, I did play reasonably higher stakes. Um, okay. And I concentrated just on poker. But then when I started doing the Finton and Spraggy show, which was myself and Benjamin uh, on the PokerStar Central channel, yep. it was, I, I, that was the toughest six months I had of poker ever because you're just, you're, you're streaming with someone and you have to talk to them constantly. And one person is in charge of the show each day and they have to um, control the table. So it's it's just like you don't have a time to think about your decisions. So I dropped my stakes down considerably at that time. That was like the biggest drop off I ever had. Sure. And then, yeah, so in a way, then I did rise back through. But it, it was it kind of more coincided with when me and Sprague stopped streaming together that I started to have... And more poker success again and like that's like it's just probably the same with Sprague. it's just quite hard to do your thing and be constantly talking to someone and worrying about where their tables are like there's no efficient system like if Sprague's playing six tables i have to have Sprague six tables open my six tables open and every time he gets moved on a table which happens a lot in online poker you've got to go search it you got to go get it back so i i just i i feel like it I didn't start $5 tournaments when Star signed me is what I'm trying to basically say. But yeah, I I think it's important to enjoy the moments that you have. And I definitely think it's important to appreciate where you are because there's definitely a point when I started playing poker. I started with $2 180 tournaments that if you told me I would ever be winning a $1,000 tournament, I just literally would not have believed you. The the idea of having $1,000 in my poker account was madness. Never mind entering into $1,000 tournaments without selling any action. So yeah. It's been a fun journey. I'm 30 years old now. I've been full-time since I was 22. Um, so I definitely think that you need to sit back and appreciate that. You know, where you are now was probably your dream at some point. And it's easy to get bogged down with the negativity if it's not going exactly how you want. But it's never just a straight line up. Like nobody just gets to the bottom and just like runs up a hill and never goes, you know, never goes down. Like it For just sure. comes in ups and downs. So um, yeah, I definitely do appreciate it. I realize how incredibly lucky I am to do what I do, and uh, I don't ever take it for granted. Like for I sure. actually don't. Well, I mean, it's a good attitude to have, and yeah, I mean, to, to point, you know, I do. I did say I was going to ask you about the other side <laughs> of that poker spectrum. Um, I know you post a lot on Instagram, so I'll just narrow it down for you. I'll tell you exactly what you wrote on this no one. Problem. It was a very open, honest, uh, a heartfelt post 
Uh, you talked about how disappointed you were after WCOOP. Uh, some of the things you said, you felt little enjoyment, you struggled to show up every day, the biggest downswing of your career. I mean, obviously, that you know, you're not someone who's just, you know, robotic and emotionless. You really wear your heart on your sleeve. I mean, can you take us back to the day you wrote that, like your mind frame and that, you know, that disappointment and just putting it all out there? Why, why did you decide and what do you feel you gained, perhaps, from putting it all out there like that? Again, the other side of you know those joyous moments. You know, there it, it could be you know down in the doldrums a bit. So I send a weekly email um, to my stream, and uh, not to my stream, to those who signed up to the email uh, list. And I'm very open about everything on that email list. Um, I don't often post long form uh, Instagram posts because. I don't know if my friends who followed me since I was younger want to be reading long form Instagram posts. And I don't know if, you know, people that just want a little bit of enjoyment from a poker clip want to be reading long form posts. But every now and then, like, I just want to be honest um, with how things are going. And obviously last year was a tough year for a lot of people. Like from a personal level, uh, things went well financially and streaming was good. But the world was in disarray. Not a lot of people were... Um, probably, you know, where they wanted to be, plans got destroyed. It just, you know, it, you know, I don't need to talk about the pandemic. Everyone knows exactly how it went for them. But I think being honest in those situations when if people look from the outside, if I don't tell people I'm on a downswing, uh, they won't know. Mm. Like they've seen that I won $74,000 and people think that lasts forever. Like I buy in for like whatever, I don't know, $20,000 a week or something. Wow. So, so like the one I'm playing, and that's like not during the series. During the series, it's like inflated incredibly more than that. And last year, there was a lot of series. So maybe at the moment, it's about 15 grand a week or something. But if that's a, like, you know, that's, that's 74 grand doesn't last a lot if, long if you, if you don't win a lot. And we were meant to get married in September. I was meant to have my 30th birthday with my friends and family. And I had told poker stars in advance that I would not be playing in that WQ. And then I played it in any way. And I just felt that my heart wasn't in it. And I didn't turn up. I didn't want to stream. Um, and I love streaming and I love playing poker. And like, I always want to stream. and I always want to turn up. It, it, it was the first time in my, I guess, streaming career um, that I didn't want to stream. Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to be open with people and let them know. I do think that um, last year, Everyone who streams poker streams so many hours and there were so many series and it was just so intense that everyone needed like at some point to have a fall off. And if I'm being completely honest, that was just before I went home to Ireland in October uh, from Malta. Um, October, we were moving, getting set up. Then November, um, my internet was having terrible issues. December was Christmas and seeing some family. And then January, the internet got so bad that I, I, I decided to leave Ireland again and move back to Malta. So I probably haven't got back fully into the groove of streaming since then. And that's like a six month period or five month period, which is a long time. But I've just got back to Malta two days ago with my family. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, no internet issues and just get the stream because it's what I like doing. But I, I just think it's natural to have the ups and downs. When I share something like that, I'm never in a bad place or anything like that. Like I would go talk to someone professionally if I ever felt I needed to rather than putting it on the internet and hoping it's going to make things better. It's just being honest that things yeah. aren't always rosy because I think it's easy as a streamer to just try and make things look better. It's what people do of my generation. They just 
they post their highlights on Instagram, but they never talk about anything that's, you know, a low light. And then, yeah. you know, suicide in my generation is rampant. So I just want to maybe bring awareness to that. You can, you can talk about things that aren't great as well. I think that's so important. Like I, I said it before, I'll say it again, you know, your candor is incredibly refreshing. And, and I, I certainly agree, you know, it's uh we first saw, I remember, I think it was a Nike campaign. Uh, maybe it was Sprite. No, it was Nike, Nike, uh, images, everything, you know, the old, you know, yeah, from, yeah. from back in the day with Andre Agassi and, you know, very much, you know, very often you see, okay, someone's raking in a huge pot, you know, but poker players know yeah. the question you're supposed to ask is, but how much did you lose? You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not always so simple. Um, and you, you did touch upon, um, you know, that very important plan that you had to postpone yeah, yeah. Uh, your wedding. Um, you know, at what point did you sort of make that decision and early? Yeah, right away. Early. I just knew there was no chance. I know everyone. I'm naturally very pessimistic, but mm. not in a, like, I bring people down and want to make people feel bad. Like, I like to make people feel good, bring them up. But I just believe that planning for the worst is the best way to go and it drives my fiance mad at times. <laughs> I, I, I just I just like to think what's the worst that could happen so that we're prepared for it. But I don't have faith in a lot of things to do well. So I didn't think that the governments were going to like have things back open and sorted. So obviously the pandemic officially got closed down. Uh, it, like we got into lockdown in Malta and Ireland in March. I'm not sure what the timelines of other countries are, but I assume they're all quite similar. Yeah. And then just in April, I just said, there's no way that people are going to be able to get everything organized. You know, uh -huh. currently we're all locked down. I also didn't want to be, put, I didn't want to be putting financial pressure on people because I was having a wedding in Malta. I didn't know how long people were going to be out of work. Um, and I didn't want anyone who has an elder person in their family or anyone who has, you know, potentially underlying health issues to have to travel um, to Malta under peer pressure for me. I don't like a big deal being made about me at all. So like, it just happened to coincide with my 30th birthday because we wanted to get married in September because it's the best month weather-wise in Malta because it's not too hot, but it's yep. cold. Yeah. Um, so that that like it just I just didn't want to be people going out of their way to do something they're uncomfortable with. So we just pulled the plug early. Um, hmm. um, so that was that. And and we're going to see maybe a double wedding, you know, with the with Spraggy and Marley and then, you know, yourself and Hannah. Is that uh, uh, in the cards? Absolutely, absolutely no chance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I love Sprague and I love Marley. I think they're a fantastic couple. I think Marley could not be better suited to Benjamin. She keeps him on his toes and Benjamin's one of the, you know, quickest witted, uh, funniest people I've ever met. But the only person that can watch him crumb or make him crumble uh, under a response is Marley. Like she will put him down incredibly well. So as much as I loved him, I have absolutely no intention of having a Chinese <laughs> twin joint at the hip wedding uh, with Benjamin Sprague. Also, with given the state of the clothes he wears and the fucking, sorry, excuse me, uh, and the graphics he uses, I, I fully expect that to be some... 80s porn star, high, high Vegas neon lighted wedding. Like I'm not, I'm not in for that. I'm not in for that. Hannah, Hannah would murder me. <laughs> Apologies for cursing. I just got a little bit into the flow and I just couldn't help it. I just, Spraggy just brings that out of me. So if you, if you want to have a complaint, I'd send it to Sprague. It's, it's, it's all good. It's important to be true to yourself. And that's why, that's one of the reasons the community wanted you on Vinton. 
Um, of course, let's go. So let's change gears a little bit. It's important to do that in poker. Let's go back to streaming. Uh, of course, you've worked your way up from humble beginnings, you know, from just one viewer. Now, you know, you say you're, you know, having sessions of 15, 20,000 people watching you. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Okay, 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 okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. I might be having a session or two of 15 or 20,000. I said Okay. That okay. is certainly not a fair reflection of what I'm cranking out on a daily. But yes, if, if the highest moments can potentially be that high, but on average, okay. it's a couple of thousand or a thousand on, to get dependent on the day. Okay. Well, we do have a quote, though, from your fellow streamer, Kevin Martin. He called you among, quote, the big three of poker streaming along with Lex and Spraggy. How does it feel to hear that? And how important is it to you? to reach the top of that ladder? Um, it's not really about re reaching the top of the ladder for me. And I know this will sound cliched, but I can't really control whether people want to watch me or not. Like, I just can't. I okay. can do what is true to me. I haven't got it in me to be fake on the stream. I just am who I am. And if people don't enjoy it, I can't control it. So I, I have no control over whether I'm in the top three. All I can do is put in a lot of errors um, and show up and be myself and hope people enjoy it. I think, you know, factually speaking, like me, Sprague and Lex were the top three streamers over the last couple of years. But given um, the last couple of months, um, I haven't streamed in a week. Uh, I have barely streamed consistently for two months. So at this moment in time, like that statement might not be true. Um, I will get back up there. I think if I work hard and do what I do and just show up and have results, um, I think I'll be there thereabouts in that conversation. But mm -hmm. at this moment in time, like Lex and Spraggy, Lex was always ahead of us. But, you know, a year ago or in 2020, I probably was like very closely tied to Sprague. But at the mm -hmm. moment, he's he's been just streaming nonstop and he's getting the growth he deserves. He's an incredible streamer, in my opinion, the funniest streamer, um, without question. I don't think anyone really comes close in the poker directory. And his content's amazing. So he's pulled away a little bit, but I'll just, you know, work hard and get back on it. And I'll, I'll, I will be in the conversation, but whether I'm top three, top five, like I right. can't control that. So I don't waste energy on things like I can't control. Right. Well, obviously, you know, the consistency is probably the number one most important thing uh, as far as Twitch streaming. But is there any, you know, just like poker players, of course, always work on their game. They get in the lab, they study. Are there any particular strategies that you have or do or, or wish that you want to employ to keep growing that audience beyond just the, the simple consistency? Uh, do you mean myself or like as a general you. for people? Um, I, I believe that one thing that the poker community lacks um, and suffers as a consequence is we don't naturally work together. We're kind of lone wolves and we are, you know, and if we're playing a zero sum game where, you know, if someone like if you win, someone's got to lose, like that's the reality. So I sure. think we're naturally inclined to not look to work together. Um, but I believe if poker streamers did more collaborations and brought people in from other games. And of course it can be regulation issues. Um, you gotta be careful with who you're bringing in and what audiences and stuff like that. But if everything gets clear, cleared, um, I think there's a lot of opportunity to bring more eyes on the poker and, you know, just have fun. It's nice to mix it up. The problem can be that sometimes, you know, if I have a streamer on who's not Sprague, not Lex, like your numbers can suffer short term, but I think long term, if you mix with more people, um, the way it's somewhat the way the chess community has. Like if you, like if you look at the chess growth, um, they work together so much. They're streaming together, doing sub battles together. They're doing commentary together on each other's channels. Like 
I've never been on Lex's channel. I've rarely been on Sprague's channel. They've never been on my channel, really. You know, we've had some moments where me and Sprague have done a collaboration off the PokerStars Central, but unless PokerStars really organizes an event, like we do so little together. Now, Sprague has Parker on sometimes, Tonka, P, the streamer, and Lex and Sprague play some games together. But even Lex and Sprague are you know, super good friends, and I don't think they've ever done a poker stream together, you yeah. know? So I just think that, uh, you know, if if we all grow, it helps everyone. It it can be a small-minded approach that some streamers and people have that, you know, they don't want to help other streamers. But I've, you know, I had Team ATB, which was uh, six small streamers I tried to uh, grow and bring together. And it didn't really work out for different reasons, but I still try to support them. And I've always tried to like help the smaller streamers coming through because I really think, you know, poker is a real niche game in terms of the market share on Twitch. Like we don't have as many eyes on us that we potentially could. And I think the only way we're going to do that is if Lex goes from having whatever 5k average to 15k average, and that brings Sprague up to from 2k average to 4k average. And everybody like comes up a little bit. So it's easy in the Twitch world to look at it because it's very much king of the hill. Like if you're not at the top of the Twitch directory, it's very hard for discoverability. Like it's mm. very tough. But if everyone can work together, it will bring more eyes on it. And then, you know, when Lex goes offline, some of those people, they like poker. They got to watch people. If Sprite right. goes offline, people got to watch. So I think we could do a better job of growing um, together and doing collaborations. Um, and I think, yeah, it's something that I'm hoping to start in March. I'm going to start having guests on. Um, cool from outside the poker world, but I also like will do, you know, maybe if I can get Sprague, Lex, Parker, whoever together for a home game from time to time, because when the poker stars do it, it's, you know, it's always a big success. Sure. Well, that's a nice idea. I wish you much success with it. <laughs> Obviously beyond the stream, you do have uh, a very nice partnership uh, with, with uh, Sprague. Uh, how, how do you refer to Ben, Benjamin, Sprague? Like what's, what's your, what's your pet name for him? Benjamin. Benjamin. Okay. If, I, so. if I'm in if I'm in person, it's Benjamin. Um, if I'm talking about him online, it's Spraggy. Okay. Because I there think most people would know him as Sprag, Spraggy. Right. Well, if I see him in person, it would be Benjamin for sure. Okay. Good. Uh, Mr. Marley. We'll go with that. Um, <laughs> so, but so you do uh, do a podcast with him together. Uh, I believe you call it football. The rest of us Americans call it soccer. We uh, we did do a podcast. We did six episodes and it died. Um, oh. We are, me and Sprague have the greatest of plans. And the way we got originally recognized by Stars was a podcast called Off the Rails. Okay. Uh, many, many years ago, they seen that podcast. They liked the um, the rapport we had. They liked the, you know, the way we bounced off each other. Uh, so they asked us to work together and do um, PokerStar Central. And that's kind of how that started. And then we were streaming together 25 hours a week minimum. And we just like, look, we can't do a podcast together as well. In that 18 month period, I'm not sure if two human beings in the world talked more words to each other. I'm, I'm 100% serious. When you're on, like a radio show does ads, radio show does music, radio show does uh, breaks, has guests, has segments. We were just, you know, Nonstop. Five days a week yep. without stopping talking. I was honestly trying to work it out. I was like, what what do humans talk more? <laughs> like, because when you're in a relationship, yeah, you like you'll talk for a little bit when but you're sitting there on your phone, you're not talking to each other all the time. Like even these people working from home for the last whatever it's been, 13 months or 12 months, probably haven't been talking as much as me and Sprague talked then. It was relentless. So we just were in no way 
doing a podcast together. And then we were like, all right, we've had our little break from each other. Well, let's go again. And then <laughs> one week, Sprague was living in Dublin for three months and he moved back to the UK on the day we were due to record the podcast. Oh, wow. And then we just never, never did it again. He just didn't show up that one day. And then neither, I think, I think neither of us really were fully committed to it. I think people enjoyed it and people want us to do stuff together. But we just, it's, it's really tough being on someone else's schedule when it's sure. every week, I think. I, I understand, you know, a lot of people live their life that way and have to be in meetings at certain times and mm-hmm. certain days. But when you're like, Sprague Spr- Spr- will just start streaming at 4 a.m. some days. <laughs> the man can't keep a schedule. So then if he's like an hour late or if I'm an hour late and then the other person's waiting, you're just ruining things. So we just nipped it in the bud. We will, I'm sure, make some sort of content again together down the line. But for now... Only feels and scores. The the football slash soccer podcast is dead. I hear you. Well, I mean, they say about you know a lot. Of, it's more common these days. You have these limited series, you know, just four episodes or six episodes, <laughs> and then you just move on to the next project, and that's okay. It doesn't always have to be a, a nine or ten season run. So, and lots of different types of, of of enjoyable content uh, out Try there. Our best. For sure. I mean, you mentioned when when Poker Stars first discovered you when they signed you. Um, what what's that feel like to be you know reached out to by you know the 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 famous red spade? Hey guys, you want to come and work with us and represent the brand? What's that feeling and and what does it mean to you to be a representative of that brand? Well, I always just wanted to work with Poker Stars. That was if Full Tilt was still around to the same degree as it was before everything went a little bit dicey and not so legal. Then yeah, sure, I probably would have wanted to be with Full Tilt. I was obsessed with the. The rail heaven like everybody was tom Dwan, the phil ivy the victory <coughs> i was just obsessed but once poker stars like was the uh, market leader and in my opinion the best site i just i only played on poker stars before i signed with stars now that's not to say i've never played on other sites i did but as a streaming product poker stars just gets more eyes on it people enjoy it the software is good the security is good everything's just like solid and there's nothing dicey going on around the board and i just always felt it was the company i wanted to work with so other companies reached out to me um ones you can obviously most likely guess don't need the name there and i just i didn't want to work with them and i was going to give up streaming when kmart got signed instead of me for poker stars because i just <laughs> saw like here's the thing right yeah now me me and spraggy and lex are uh, as Kmart put it, three of the bigger streamers. But at the time, you know, Lex wasn't really streaming. Um, there was no Spraggy. There was no UK people really that were um, UK, Ireland, European, I should say. It was it was North Americans. It was Jay Carver. It was sure. um, it was Jamie Staples. They yeah. had just signed Kmart. So, like as as I I, I swear a lot. I, I I've toned it down. I'm I'm not like a preppy North American goody two shoes that can like you know just turn on a personality that I don't think you know in some people is real on a stream. Mm. Like that's just not me. So I thought, look, I just obviously don't fit the profile. Like I'm done. Like this is just not going to happen because the reason I got into streaming was when Jamie signed with stars. I was like, all right, well they're not just signing the best poker players in the world anymore. They're signing people who create content and stream because. Sure. No offense to Jamie, he would admit it the same way as I would. He's not a great poker player, right? That's just facts. Yep. So I was like, they're going in a different direction, right? So I was like, oh, there's a potential there. And then my boss, who I love dearly, um, messaged me prior to us uh, signing, or prior to me signing. 
and said, look, we've been keeping an eye on you. Um, we went and came out now, but if you keep doing what you're doing, um, we would be interested down the line. So I wasn't, um, I was going to quit. Like I was just going to be done because wow. I, I know people, people, some people call it like selling out when you get signed by a company, but I don't know what people expect. Like, I think that's the, like one of the biggest achievements you can get as a streamer. Like you're getting recognized by a company, you're getting help support you on your journey. I, I, I don't get it when people, I call it selling out for that. Like I was why I wanted to do it. You know, that's why I wanted to, to stream. So yeah, when they offered me the chance to sign, like I was ecstatic, the opportunity to do it with Sprague, who I'd become close with was great. And um, yeah, like I said, it's just who I always wanted to work with. Like I know some people would disagree, but um, I personally still think that they're number one company in the world. And, you know, if me, Sprague and Lex wanted to go to another company, I'm sure like we potentially could. So I think that speaks enough that we're still all at stars. So what, what does it mean to you to represent Poker Stars? Like when someone says, oh, this is team online, team Poker Stars <laughs> online, it's Fint in hand. You know, what, what does that mean to you to, to hold that responsibility? Well, I honestly, I was always obsessed with finding a way that wasn't, you know, um, a traditional route. And then when I found this game poker. People are like, oh, it's a skill game. It's not luck. You know, if you play and study enough, you will, you will get good. So I just became obsessed and it's all I did for years and years. I worked in a casino. So I just love poker and I, I truly believe that it's one of the greatest games ever invented. Um, I think that, you know, chess is great, but, you know, if, if I'm better than you at chess, you're never going to win. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's, just the, that's just the buzz. There's no variance. I think poker so easy accessible i think it's a game that you know like within friend circles or whatever obviously like i can't play with americans and stuff so it's not easy accessible worldwide to everyone but i just think that it's a great game and i always want people who get into poker who treat it as a hobby you know like if you go to the cinema you spend 50 dollars, like play poker and you know if you get a weekend entertainment out of your 10 dollars and you can afford to spend that 10 dollars, it's a fantastic game i love it i think all platforms, PokerStars included, could do potentially more for newcomers when they come in to make the experience a little bit more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, it can be quite intimidating on a poker client if you don't know exactly how you're na to navigate. Right. Um, I don't. I don't know if PokerStars be happy. I said that now. I just like thinking. But I've said this to them, and I think it's something that it's just you know, it can be quite tricky. But once you're in, and if you find the Twitch communities. I think they're a fantastic place for people to reach out and become members of. And they're like weird little societies that are taking part on the internet. And I just like bringing people into that side, but also being vocal and um, telling people that, you know, it, it's a beautiful game if you, you know, if you gamble money, you can afford to lose and treat it as a hobby, but it's not a get rich quick scheme. And sure. it can be, it can be bad for people who don't take care of that. And I think, um, Poker stars do a good job um, of trying to make sure that it could be frustrating for some people that are playing and their limits get. But I think it's important, and I think the way the industry is going to continue to go forward, and you know, regulations are going to not shut poker down or whatever, is that they do look after people who are playing on the client. So for me, it's just being an access point for people that can uh -huh. like, find a game that I love and play on the site, which I believe offers the best service and the best security and the place where you'll be looked after the most. So I feel proud. If people come after stars, I feel that I can defend them with integrity and say that, look, this is a company that I want to work with. And I believe that they have the players best interest at heart. And 
obviously not every decision uh, every player will agree with. And I understand, um, you know, the business has to make money too. But for me, it's just a company that it's, it, it just always comes down to me for like the security and the product. And I just think that the poker stars is the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, I'm not a poker stars employee or anything, but I can tell you in all my interactions with them, uh, that certainly has proven to be the case uh, with, you know, with my experiences. So, and you can tell from your tone of voice and you know the way you're speaking, it certainly is a, a very genuine thing that you're yeah. saying. Um, talk about regulations a little bit. We're going to go with regulations on Twitch uh, okay. because we mentioned Kevin Martin. He was, uh, as always, a good time to recommend uh, to our uh, listeners and everyone watching, go ahead and look back at the previous 26 episodes. Kevin Martin <laughs> was episode number 14. Um, when we had him on, I asked him about Twitch clamping down on the use of copyrighted music on streams. <laughs> so let's talk about that regulation. What are your thoughts? Has that impacted you? And you know, did you have to yeah, kind of purge a lot of content? Yeah, I delete all my content. Like I delete everything, like the uh, whole history. I just, yeah, I listen Thanks. to music every, every single day. Um, I could not dive through the content and find bits of, music, of clips that weren't that didn't have music over them and mm -hmm. I had to delete pretty much everything um it is wow. what it is uh it's not great I think Twitch did not handle it very well mm -hmm. I believe they needed to offer more support and more tools um but look you, if if we can't take the content um I understand it in a way like I do I think it's mostly dinosaurs in that industry that are trying to leech on and get a little bit of extra cash from a platform that's escaping them my only grievance with it is that they don't offer us a solution to pay. If right. they're going to take it off us, I don't think we can really cry about it too much because at the end of the day, it is copyrighted music is protected by law. Sure. There's, not, there's only so much we can do. YouTube have been zero tolerance on copyrighted music for a long time. Twitch just kind of wrote it out. And like it is what it is, but... They sh I just I just think that they should offer us a way to pay for it. If you're yes. not going to let us use something, then just offer us a way to pay rather yes. than just take it away. Like surely you want more money. Surely this is what that is about. You right. think we are, you know, financially. Now, it might be the case that they offer us a way to pay for it and it's a price that I'm not willing to pay. If they're like, oh, you can pay us $25,000 a month to listen to mom and me. Like, <laughs> no, like, I'm not paying $25,000 a month so my mom can have a dance when she's watching the stream as much as I love her. Like, that's not happening. So I that's the only grievance I have. Um, I miss listening to the 80s, 70s, 60s tunes on my stream. And those are the ones I really won't mess with. At the moment, I basically don't listen to anything that's not a remix of a song that is on SoundCloud that I believe is um, protected from copyright. But also, right. Twitch have now implemented a tool where you can watch streams and then in VODs, the music doesn't play. So huh. at the moment, there is no live strikes. Mm, so okay. at the moment, you cannot be copyrighted for when you are streaming live. Mm -hmm. But I'm not gambling with my channel because PokerStars have told me not to. <laughs> um, I, would, I would if I was has sing, like not sponsored by anyone. Sure. Um, so they don't want us messing around with that. But like some of the biggest streamers, like you know, like uh, Hikaru, the chess streamer in Gotham Chess, they just listen to whatever they want, and then there's no trace of it in any clips or vods. But mm -hmm. it probably will come down with live striking um, in the foreseeable oh. future. But hopefully they will find a solution where we can listen to whatever we want, or right. at least have a very significant library because the, the 
the <laughs> elevator music that they said they put a play like twitch was it soundtrack by twitch and honestly man if i had to listen to that i honestly i tried streaming without music instead of listening to it and the elevator music that people listen to all day it makes me just feel like i'm sitting in a dentist's office and there's no way you can enjoy a stream <laughs> with that ambiance in the background that is a pathetic excuse for music so yeah i i, I would like if they find a solution where we can pay and it could be on a basis where it depends on the size of your channel you know well, per perhaps uh, like in an operating theater like the classics like mozart and beethoven you know it's no longer under copyright protection that's or not true though it's oh it true. is even that stuff is like 400 so, years so, old stuff yeah okay so <laughs> it's the, the the people say this right but the issue is that you have to find a non-copyrighted version of someone playing uh, that song because nice. if someone if some famous musician has a they do a live opera and they sell that on a cd and you go to spotify and you search it up like you don't that's not free good point that's right not free so as yeah i know i think if if someone out there um wanted a little idea would go find good music that is not copyrighted pay people or maybe not pay people if it's going to be a small idea and just open up a patreon account and only give, have a private playlist. And when this when this all hits the fan again in a few months or a few years, and the streamers are idiots. I have so much time to prepare for this. I could have someone looking to find me one song a day for the next two years. I'd have 700 songs, which would be a reasonable playlist. But as soon as I got the green light that I could listen to some sort of music again, I stopped worrying about it. Ah, so if, right. if, people, if people got together a little playlist and charged five euro a month, and got a thousand people there you go there's your five grand 60 grand a year yep. and then boom you're in business and you know eventually maybe it will get bought off you by someone or maybe it won't work but it's not going to cause you that much stress to find one song a day that's actual reasonable music that's not copyrighted oh guys we have a, a three hundred thousand strong cards chat community fitness throwing the ball it's in your court whoever <laughs> wants to go ahead and come up with it uh get in touch with me with cards chat we're gonna put it on the on the forums, on the Fed, or with Fitton directly. This, disclaimer, I don't know if live strikes will come in. But <laughs> if, if they do, I think you'll have a nice little business plan. For sure. Well, we're getting to the end of my questions before we get to the community questions. But I just want to ask you, you've mentioned, um, you know, moving back and forth between Ireland, Malta. You know, obviously things have been a little bit in disarray. Now you're hopefully settled again. Generally speaking, when things are normal, do you have sort of like a, a go-to daily routine or do you plan things in advance? Or are you more of a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of guy? Oh, I like routine. Um, mm. I get up. I have maybe two hours, maybe three hours uh, before I start streaming. I have experimented with getting up like considerably early, uh, much earlier than the stream starts. But I just, if we stream for eight, nine, 10 hours, you just, if you've been awake for eight, nine hours already, the end of the stream is horrendous. So mm. um, you're just too tired and it's hard yeah. to provide entertainment or any energy. So I get up for two or three hours. I'll have breakfast. I will bring my dog for a quick walk. I will work out when I'm in a good schedule. Um, you know, nothing crazy, but I just try and get some movement in because I don't leave my office then once I'm back in. Uh -huh. And I stream for however many hours, study as soon as the stream is done, write in my journal and then chill with my fiance for an hour. That's nice. basically it. I have, I, have a, I have a habit app that like I have to, I have, I think like eight or nine habits uh, that I try and do every day that are uh -huh. just little things, you know, Interesting. nothing big. 
But I just, I need the dopamine hit of ticking it off each day to get my little monkey brain to continue <laughs> to do the, the habits because once you are in certain habits, it is it can be quite hard to break them. You mentioned, I'm not a, a pet person. I think I told you this mm-hmm. before we started, but you mentioned a dog and I know I've seen your cat, Raphael. Um, is this like a Dr. Doolittle thing? You have a whole farm going on or just no, dog and cat? No, we are currently at capacity for driving across <laughs> Europe several times a year in the car. A cat and a dog is enough, but I, um, yeah, I'm obsessed with animals. I love them. Um, I know they're not for everyone, um, but I, yeah, I know you have kids. I don't have kids, and I feel a house without pets when I come mm. in. Like I was in the house, this apartment in Malta for three weeks on my own before my fiance got here, and it mm. just was dead, empty, yeah. lifeless. And uh, I don't know, dog, dogs, and I've always been. I've never cared for cats much, and then mm-hmm. I was dating a girl who had a kitten, and it won me over. So <laughs> my current fiance loves cats, so we got one, and I love it now. And uh, I, I just. I just, I just love them, man. I, I, I know they're not for everyone, but they just right. bring me so much happiness and like, well, that's my good. Just, yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, like the, the limit I'd go personally is probably goldfish. And that's so long as someone else feeds the goldfish. What are you going to do if your pet? <laughs> what are you going to do if you're, if you're, if your kids love pets though? It's me or the pet. That's what, that's what I always uh, say. I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you now that my my dad would never let me get a dog when I was younger. Uh, and my dad was Broke. the same way. He loves dogs and my mother would never let him get. Now, once we moved out of the house, yeah, he's with yeah, the yeah. dogs. Yeah, but like, and I I don't know. I just, there's I, I just wouldn't be able to take that away from a kid sure. if, they, if they got to an age where they could potentially look after but i don't have kids so it's easy for me to say that right now i'm sure they'll want to do something that i just have absolutely no intention of letting them do when it, that day comes but yeah i don't know i just well, life has different it. chapters may, may, may they all be interesting um just two more questions for me then we'll get into the no community questions one no thing we always like to ask our guests here on the cards chat prod- podcast uh, it is the friendliest poker podcast in town. So who would you say is the friendliest poker player you've ever competed against at the Felt? Uh, X-Flix, I always say, is the, the nicest man in poker. Hmm. Doesn't seem to have a bad bone in his body. Vegan, looks after the local ducks. I don't know if he's ever said a bad thing about anyone ever. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, would, I would go with X-Flix. Nice. And the real name for those who uh, aren't following the online. Uh, Felix, Felix, sorry, excuse me. Felix Schneiders. Felix, Felix Schneiders. Sorry. Felix Schneiders. He's a Schneiders, there you go. Uh, I think I'm right, yeah. right. All of a sudden, he was, oh, of course, I know Felix Schneider. I forgot the nickname. It's been a while. No, no, <laughs> sorry. Apologies, apologies. He's a he is a um he's a fellow member of Team Focus Stars yeah. and uh, he is a German streamer. Yep. And every time he raised my channel, I do the worst German impressions known to me. So <laughs> if, I, if I butchered the pronunciation of his name, he will forgive me. I can't even pronounce words in English as an Irishman. So trying to get German pronunciations correct is just not, it's a bit too much for me. I find the Irish accent very charming. That's just, <laughs> that's just me. Um, and finally, uh, you know, my last question for you, Fenton, do you have any specific goals whether it's poker, streaming, podcasting, anything for, for 2021 or perhaps longer term goals? Um, I just want to stream as consistently and regularly as I can in mm-hmm. terms of numeric or, you know, random goals. Not really. I, okay. I, 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 I think it's just so hard to control certain things. Like mm-hmm. I can't really have a goal to have 2x my average viewers a year from now because I can put out the content 
like I can't control if people show up. Like I can do my best and put my best effort in and try new things. But like I just think if I put myself worth into getting those viewers, it's just it's just a slippery slope to go on. And if mm. you try and plan on how much money you're gonna make in poker, like no. But in terms of day to day, you know, I wanna study poker every day, I wanna stream every day, I wanna try work out, I wanna, you know, be there for my fiance, I wanna look out for my dog. Like I just take it day to day and try and enjoy the moment. And if you do little good things every day, you will just get brought to the right places. So you know, my goals are just day to day rather than long term. You know, I I, and I understand. Like I think it's I think it's I think it's cool to have certain long term goals as long as that you're doing little things for it every day. Um, and if you get to it, sure, enjoy it. But if it's out of your control, like you're just gonna be a miserable person if you're always wishing for something you don't have rather than enjoying what for you sure. do have. Sure. Well, if there's anything that this last year has taught us, it's important to carpe the diem. So you're certainly, you're certainly doing that. Um, I've mentioned a couple of times, this is now the segment of the show where we turn to you guys, our Cards Chat community, to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. Uh, of course, we have a dedicated thread for it on the Cards Chat forums where we announce who the guests are going to be. It gives you guys an opportunity to submit your questions. Uh, our first questions or set of questions is from Crystal, C-R-S-T-A-L-S. Thank you so much. You've been a great uh, contributor of questions. We like these. Uh, going back to your biggest cash at EPT Barcelona 2008, is there a hand that sticks out to you that you wish you had back? Crystal, I didn't never played an EPT event, so I'm afraid to tell you that this is not me. I hate to break it to you. I, oh, probably, wasn't, I probably wasn't even of legal age in 2008 when the EPT Barcelona was on. But my biggest my biggest live tournament cash was 20,000 euro in the Irish Open. And I made the worst call I've ever made of my entire life uh, with seven left. This was before I signed with PokerStars. And if I could go back in time and change that, uh, I don't have many regrets. I missed one penalty uh, when I was 16 years old uh, to win a cup for my team. And I missed, uh, I, I misplayed that hand. And I don't, dwell on things that happen um if i if i have a bad poker session where i played badly i might you know dwell on it for a day or two not there too sorry a few hours after not even if you are like when i make a bad play in poker it's usually i have 10 or 15 minutes of hating myself and then i move on and try not to get it down but those are two like the the irish open hand would be me i don't I, there might be a fint and gavin is what i i would assume Perhaps. Gavin, well, if I remember correctly, he had a massive score in EPT Barcelona for like a million quid or something. So Crystals, you cannot mix up your Fintons. That's uh, <laughs> we've had Fintan, Fintan's a, Fintan Gavin's a fantastic character. First introduction to him was at an EP, or sorry, UKBT. Uh -huh. I was like 19 and no one really understood Irish names, I don't think. So we were telling everyone that every Fintan was related and was, <laughs> was very, very, very drunk. And, he was and like, your last oh, names are all Murphy or O'Hara yeah, or something like that. Or, yeah, or <laughs> Donald or something. Yeah. Well, thank you for answering the question that I think Crystal's <laughs> meant to ask. No, <laughs> Excuse me. Um, we'll do two more here from Acid Burn FX. Love that name. Love that screen <laughs> name. Um, oh, these are these are interesting. Very uh, thought-provoking here. So one number one here, Fintan. What would you want written on your headstone? Um, I'm not uh, uh, like I'm agnostic, so I don't care. I'm I I don't care. Whatever my loved ones would like to put there, if it makes them feel a little bit better, it doesn't bother me. Ooh, nice. It doesn't bother me one little. It doesn't bother me one little bit. I mean, may, maybe. Um, 
just don't get mad at things you can't control and enjoy yourself. You're not here for a long time, maybe. But if they wanted to put something else and I was, if there was an afterlife and I was looking down, I certainly wouldn't be upset. I like that. Very, very thought-provoking answer. <laughs> gives me food for thought. I like that one. And, uh, and our final question for you, if you could be someone for a day, not yourself, who would yeah. that person be and why? Uh, I will try and think of someone, but I will be honest that I, 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 it wouldn't, if it, I don't, I don't have any interest in being anyone else. I'm very really? happy to be myself. But if, so when you say someone else, do you mean I would control their body or I would feel their thoughts? Because that would change it. For me. Well, I think it kind of goes hand in hand, you know, a man, a woman, a world leader, yeah, a celebrity, like, like sports if, star. If, if, for instance, if I, Biden's the current president of America. If, sure. if you say I become Biden, do I, am I fint in hand in Biden's body walking around the White House or am I Biden? Like, am I actually Biden? Do you know I what think I mean? you're fint in hand, but experiencing the world through their eyes and their position. Um, I'd be whoever's in charge of Area 51 and go look and see what the fuck <laughs> is with the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> amazing answer and a great high note on which to finish the show uh thanks so much to everyone who sent in questions for fenton just a friendly reminder again to everyone out there in the cards chat community we'd love to see you submit your questions for future podcast guests in the dedicated thread on the forums and of course please be sure to give us a good review on itunes and spread the word via your social media channels if you like the show fenton before we let you go anything else you'd like to tell our listeners no, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just enjoy yourself. That's all I'll say. <laughs> awesome. Well, Fenton, thank you again very much. Thank you all for tuning in once again to another episode of Cards Chat. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. And I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.